0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown
0: is yours and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: Oh, yeah,
3: boys. <clears throat> mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them mixed. Woo! Woo!
4: Yes, we do. And two of the very best at mixing the martial arts. We'll take center stage in San Diego, California, going down tomorrow. Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz headlines. The UFC's return to the audience outside of the apex in San Diego. And thank you for joining us. as We talk all about it with all of you. I am Mike Keck. Joining me, Mr. Shaheen Al Shadi, best writer in the world. And my best friend, the Prince of Positivity, tied for the best writer in the world, Alexander Kaylee.
5: I just want to be the best live weigh-in host. I just want to be the best live weigh-in host. That's all I want. That's all. You all already I want. got that title. Okay. No one, time no time one on can take support. that from me. No one can take no. that from me. Yes, you,
4: you wear that hat very proudly, and you are the best tough recapper in the history oh. of the business.
5: Wow. <laughs> Wow, which one, one means more? Take it, well, take it easy. Hold that's on, that second one—that's one. tough. That second one—that second one. There's a lot of competition. Take it easy. Let's <laughs> not. Let's not. I'm not ready to wear that crown yet. Come on, no. Fair enough. We're
2: burying enough. the lead, my man. Mike Heck is back. We've missed yes. you so much. How you feeling, my guy?
4: Um, I'm okay. It's been a. Uh, it's been one of these, you know. Today's been more of like a. But we're hanging in there. We're getting after it. I feel like talking about fights kind of gets me to forget about how I'm actually feeling, and and that's what it's all about. And we're going to turn it over to you, Shaheen, because we got ourselves quite the main event in one of the UFC's deepest divisions, the Bantamweight division. Marlon Vera has just been on absolute tear. This guy looks prime and ready to not only be main eventing cards, but to fight for the title. Of course, things are a little hairy right now. We got Al Jermaine and TJ. We have all these big white fights coming up, and he's gonna take on a guy that many consider to be the very best in the history of this division, in Dominic Cruz, who has looked pretty good. He's got a couple of wins. And he's also one of the biggest what-ifs in the history of the sport because what are we talking about? Is Dominic Cruz even in this fight if he didn't suffer some of those incredible injuries that he dealt with throughout his career that cost him six, seven years of his career? So here we are, the year of our Lord 2022, Shaheen Al-Shadi, Marlon Vera versus Domina Cruz, headlining this card, a potential five rounds, potential 25 minutes. This fight is fantastic, is it not?
2: Oh, this fight rules. I love everything about this fight. This fight, to me, is such a—it's so emblematic of how good the bantamweight division is, right? Because this isn't even people who I would imagine we're talking about, like you know, top top one, top two type of contenders. Like this is sort of periphery, lower down the list. Cheeto, maybe not as much, but and it's still so so damn compelling and so good. I love everything about this fight uh, for a couple of reasons. One. to me, the story of Marlon Vera, Cheetah Vera over the course of the past eight years, nine years is so compelling. The way that this guy has really transformed himself into a fan favorite and like a legitimately great fighter. Like he is a legitimately very, very talented, good fighter who is in title contention and deserves to be in title contention. And I don't think anyone would have predicted that when he first came into the UFC in in 2014. If you, if you remember, he was on that uh, ultimate fighter, the first one with Latin America you and he was sort of an afterthought on that show. Like he had a very heartfelt story about you know wanting the surgery for his daughter and things like that. But for the most part, I don't think anybody saw Cheeto out of that coming out of that show and was like, "Hey, this is a guy who we're going to be talking about for the next eight years as you know one of the most fun guys in this division, one of the most talented guys in this division." And he has really transformed himself through hard work, through grit, through the roller coaster that is MMA, wins and losses, into someone who is just such a compelling and entertaining and, and talented figure in this division. Uh, and this is sort of his. Moment, right? Like we have been waiting to see if he could sort of pass the tests that that we think he can maybe pass. The Rob Font one was a big one. Uh, but for a while it seemed like he would sort of get to this point and then he would stumble, right? It's the Jose Aldo loss, the Song Yadong loss, even the John Linegar loss way back in the day. But now he sort of feels like he's leveled up, he's evolved to the point where he's ready for this stuff. And whereas on the other side, I mean, you have Dominic Cruz, who I think probably Bantam a weird division to crown a goat, but I think if you were to crown a goat, Dominic Cruz is probably the Bantamweight goat. And he is this is sort of his last run, right? Like we have seen, you know, him come back from the first losing streak of his entire career uh to win these past two fights. It hasn't been quite the dominant cruise of old in that he's just blowing people out. He has been in much more competitive, closer fights than, than he used to be. It definitely feels as though age ha- and just sort of the years and the wear and tear has started to pick up on him. But he is still one of the smartest guys in the entire sport, and his fight IQ can carry him through these fights and, and to some degree – it just the, the whole his whole approach it still works to such a fantastic degree right like he's still such a unique guy in this division maybe not as much as he was 10 years ago where you know nobody had any clue what he was doing but he's still so hard to figure out and it usually takes guys a bit a round or two to sort of figure out and, and, and warm into what Dom's doing in there so to me I love everything about this fight the, the crossroads of it what it could mean for Cheeto what it could mean for Cruz is this sort of the last title run that cruz has in him and is this sort of the first title run that Cheeto has in him I think All of it is so compelling, and it again it speaks to just how ridiculously good this one thirty five pound division is because it's so good. It is is I still maintain lightweight's best division in sport, but bantamweights is an easy second for me, and I can't wait for this. A.K. Bantamweights, am I right? Am I right? The best. They're the best. They're the
5: best. No, I mean, lightweight light is still great too. I've definitely like tilted probably more towards uh, favoring the 135-pound division, but probably just because because there's just a lot of fresher faces there and the way people are coming up. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can't lose either way. If you had to choose like, oh, I can only keep one division. I mean, you're you're happy watching Bantamweights for the next five years. You're happy watching Lightweights for the next five years. But this main event itself is it, – it's, it's as good as you can get, I think, for sort of this random – Um, not random. I mean, this, this return to San Diego, um, you know, UFC getting back on the road again this year, um, San Diego is a place they wanted to return to. Uh, I don't know. There's some talk of maybe ticket sales aren't quite, uh, tickets aren't quite flying off the, uh, you know, out of the box as much as they would like it to. But like I said, I, as far as main events go, I don't think you could have done much better. I think we forget that. um, And and Shaheen kind of alluded to this, like, how unique Dominic Cruz once was like his style anyway before a lot of people kind of picked it up and took pieces of it and added it to their own but he no one does it quite like him still you know no one he is a true original uh who is of course closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning he's 36 he'll be 37 next month he's been fighting since 2005 so we are we are seeing the end even though when you watch him fight you know you still see that movement you still see that trademark movement that accuracy that that uh that approach that again others others can't quite do and it's going to be really sad i think when I, I don't think this is the last fight for him but whenever he does retire whether it's this year next year or the year after that but probably within you know sometime within the next 2-4 years it's going to be sad when we see him go um so i think we really have to cherish these appearances as they come um, he's on a two-fight win streak this isn't just him being fed to you know some up-and-coming contender it's i think it's a very competitive fight on paper um uh, we'll give our picks in a second of course but i do like the style matchup i do think like you do get this element of that, that evasive you know tactical cruise versus i mean malin vera a very skilled fighter for sure but a guy who's viewed a little bit more as like a hammer you know, he's a guy who's like, he's going to go in there and at some point is not going to care about taking shots. He's going to want to just land some bombs and, uh, and, and see if you can see if you can hang with him. So we've seen Cruz get touched up a little more these days than he did in his prime when, uh, when his, uh, his side to side, lateral movement, everything that head movement was just, you know, no nobody, nobody could figure it out. Um, so I love the matchup on paper and, uh, I, I'm really, really looking forward uh, to this main event. Again, we can talk about the rest of the card in a bit, but just focusing on like the most positive aspect of it, top class main event. Very, very excited for it.
4: I love the fight. I feel like Dominic Cruz, Sean, is just not getting enough credit heading into this one. Like just so many people, I feel like this is the Marlon Vera show. It's just... They just need to get in the cage, and when it's over, Marlon Vera is going to be moving on to bigger and better things, and Dominic Cruz is just going to be the guy that he beats to get there. I feel like Cruz is not getting enough love here, Shaheen. I don't know if if you've noticed that at all throughout the build to this fight at all, but at least that's what I've been seeing. That's what I've been hearing from the peeps on Heck of a Morning. Have you
2: noticed that yourself? See, that's an interesting way to frame this in my mind because – it does feel like it should be the, the Cheetos show to, for for the most part, at least in the lead-up, right? Because if you look at the two men, sort of what they've done over the last year or two, Marlon Vera has been the more impressive fighter between the two over the past couple of years. He's probably been the fighter, not, not probably, he is the fighter on the rise between the two. He's the fighter who feels like he is the best ahead of him, whereas the best is behind. Dominic Cruz. That being said, I mean, I think it's certainly silly for anyone to ever count out Dominic Cruz, right? Like we can go back just even to his, one of his many comebacks when he came back against TJ Dillashaw and TJ Dillashaw was being pronounced as, you know, this next big thing at 135 and Dominic Cruz came in from like four or five years off the couch and just beat TJ Dillashaw in one of the more incredible performances we have ever seen in the history of the sport. Like... Dominic Cruz is just not a guy you can ever count out. So I can certainly see where you're coming from that regard. But I will say, I mean, it does feel like this is set up for Cheeto Vera in the same way that last week was set up for Thiago, or for Jamal Hill to do what he did on Tiago Santos. The UFC loves these type of matchups. And this is, again, sort of one of those things that feels like it's going to be the propeller for Cheeto uh, Vera to, to sort of get to that title contention. But, yeah, I mean, Dominic Cruz is Dominic Cruz still. Like, he doesn't have the damage on him. He doesn't have... You know, he hasn't been in so many wars, largely because he's been out of the cage for so long throughout different points of his career. Like, I will never count out Dominic Cruz. And if Dominic Cruz comes in here and and ekes out a decision, I wouldn't be surprised. And if he comes out in here and just styles and really just puts on a, a, a legendary performance, I wouldn't be surprised either. It's Dominic freaking Cruz. Like, again, one of the smartest guys we have in this game.
4: It's a good day to die, isn't that what he said?
2: In this good day to die, my friend.
4: Man, I got goosebumps listening to that. AK. what a line! It was beautiful, set up perfectly by Cheeto and Dominic Cruz. Like barely blinked, didn't raise his voice past like the smallest decibel point. It was just amazing. And then he drops that line, and I would have loved to have seen Cheeto Bear's face like side by side because Cheeto is (laughs) probably like, "Yeah, it is. You know, it is, buddy." But have you? what what have you noticed the public's perception on this fight AK do you feel like most people are just kind of thinking that this is the the Cheeto Vera show it's just a matter of time he just needs to go in there and fight and then he's going to go on to something else which we'll talk about in a minute but do you feel like Dominic Cruz is just I don't know if overlooks the word but just not getting enough credit so to speak Do, do you know what I'm saying
5: by the way, in, in fairness to the line delivery, I don't know if I've ever heard Dominic Cruz raise his voice above like a certain level. He he he's pretty calm, even when he's doing commentary. Like he's not going to go to that Joe Rogan right? like, and that's to, and that's why some people like him, some people hate him. But he's pretty like steady and monotonous, regardless of of what he's talking about. So, um, but I, yeah, I kind of want to play off of what Sheen was saying, not just not just discrediting, you know, necessarily how good Cruz still is. But also, what this mean would mean would uh, what this win would mean? Excuse me for uh, Marlon Cheeto Vera because it isn't just about Cheeto having to show up. He he has to be like he has to put on one of his best performances. Like I, I get it, he gets better and better all the time. I need to see him take it to another level to beat Dominic Cruz because there is a level. I mean, it means something if you beat him. He's twenty uh, four and three. He's lost to three men in his career, guys. This is we kind of talk about. Like I mentioned, him being older and close to the end of his career, it's not like and, and, and getting hit more. Fine, that happens. The results have still been good for him. Uh, he beat Pedro Munoz. He beat Casey Kenny, which really could have been a unanimous decision. Uh, it was a split. Could have been unanimous. Um, mo- most uh, media members seem to agree it was a pretty pretty clear cruise win. Um, his own his first loss, Uriah Faber. He avenged it twice. So you can kind of whatever take that one for what it is. But he proved he's the better fighter than Faber cody garbrandt maybe the you know probably the best version of cody garbrandt we've we saw the best version we've seen since uh and then henry cejudo so he's lost the three guys henry cejudo a two division ufc champion does chito vera fit in that equation because those are those are three incredible names to put himself next to if he's able to beat cruz whether it's by a a first round knockout narrow split decision however he does it if he gets an official w over dominant cruz again he joins uriah faber cody garbrandt henry cejudo Three guys who were, uh, well, two UFC champions, one WEC champion, essentially would have been you know the equivalent of the UFC champion at the time. Three world champions. That's where Cheeto wants to be. That's where he has wanted to be for so long. He's been calling out big names for years, trying to get a position where he can be a world champion. Now, beating Dominick Cruz does not make him a world champion. I understand that. But even, even this version of Cruz, getting a W over him, an enormous achievement and i don't want that to be downplayed i want domina cruz to get his credit for sure for still being a competitive fighter but if uh marlon vera gets that win i hope he'll don't say oh he beat a wa- past his prime he beat a washed uh Dominic cruz because i don't think that's the case at all uh again he would just be the fourth guy with uriah favor cody garbrandt and henry cejudo so there's a ton on the line for for uh, chito vera here let
2: me also add outside real, of, real quick oh, god yep um, because I've actually like really enjoyed the lead up to this in the way that these guys dynamics have sort of played off of each other, because Cheeto is this guy who's just so hyper focused, right? Hyper intense, almost like mean to the point of just like, y- you don't know why he's being so mean to you, but it's just obvious like, dude, I'm just not, I take this very seriously and you're not my friend that type of, that type of approach. And that is such a fun approach when contrasted with sort of Dominic's like analytic like just, you know, the way that he sort of just sees the game very detached and cold and like just numbers and and sort of a fight IQ and all that. The the way that's played off of each other, of just this whole thing of like Dominic being like, I'm not sure why he's so mad at me. And Cheeto just being like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just not your friend. And the whole like dynamic between them has been so enjoyable. Like it's such a it's such a fun dynamic. Cheeto has got to be like on a top three list of the single most intimidating just fighters under like 45 pounds, right? Like if you just saw that dude on the street and had no idea who he was, he, he, he would be terrifying, even though he's just not a a large human. Like he is just so stone cold with his approach to everything. Like, I love it. I absolutely love it.
4: Yeah, there there are certain fighters who, if you saw them, you're just like, that guy's a fighter. And Marlon checks off all those boxes. Like, no matter how far away he might be, you look at him and you're like, this guy probably gets in a cage and punches people in the face and gets paid a lot of money to do so. So, Sean, not it seems like a simple question, but this is not a simple question, considering what's going on at 135 right now. What is at stake here? What is at stake for these two guys? Because we got the title fight coming up. Next week, we got Jose Alder versus Marab Willy On the same card as the title fight, we got Piotr Jan versus Sean O'Malley, not to mention some of the other upcoming fights that'll be on the books by the time October rolls around 135 pounds. Like, what is at stake here? What, the winner goes to the spoils. What are the spoils in your, in your eyes?
2: That's an interesting question, and I think that's one, one aspect of why this division is so compelling right now because it feels... At least it feels like this could go a lot of different ways with these mashups, right? Because I think first off, we just have to acknowledge and probably accept that if Sean O'Malley beats Peter Yon regardless of how he beats him, Sean's probably going to fight for the title. And that's probably the right call because Peter Young, I think all of us agree, was is the number two guy in the world. Like he's easily, you know, if, if there's a 1A Aljo, like he's the 1B to that. That's fine. If Sean wins, he fights for the title. Otherwise, I think it's all up for grabs. If Peter wins, if... you. If, you know, Jose wins, Marab, uh Cheeto, whoever wins, I think maybe the most impressively and then can make the most compelling case for being that next guy after the Aljo Dillashaw, you know, after they figure it out, I think it's wide open for anybody, for anybody right now in this 135, that little mix we're talking about to come in here, have a spectacular performance, get on the mic and really state their case and make the fans sort of propel them into that spot. It feels like it could be any number of these guys. And that to me is very, very exciting and very compelling and interesting when we're going into a setup like this, where we're about to get a bunch of these matchups back and forth.
5: What do you think, AK? Yeah, I love it. It's exciting. I do feel a bit for the fighters. This is one of those cases where you wish the UFC had a more kind of clear um, title picture. But listen, it, it doesn't benefit them to ever establish anything like that because they want to have options. So, yeah, they want to have, hey, maybe it's Sean O'Malley. Uh, maybe we can set up uh, uh, the Jan Sterling trilogy. Maybe it's Mraud Vajvili Maybe it's Jose Aldo. Um, I get it. It's 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 great to have options. Uh what this means for Saturday's main event, again, there, there is – I feel like both guys, even with Cruz's name, even if uh, Cheeto Vera has a big finish, I feel like there's still one fight away. I mean, it's good to get on that short list. I mean, if you're Cheeto Vera, like I said, you get a big finish of um, Donald Cruz or even a convincing decision win. That has to put you right in there and they're like, okay, you're not our next choice. But if like if like Shaheen said, let's say Sean O'Malley is it wins, but then he suffers an injury or something, like he gets hurt a lot. Let's say he wins and then just needs more time off to recover. Hey, look, Cheeto Vera is there. Let's say um, Jose Aldo beats Murad Devalashvili or vice versa. Again, one of those guys can't continue. Okay, they're ahead of Cheeto Vera in, in the pecking order, but Cheeto Vera is there. So not only as I said before, is this so huge for Cheeto Vera's legacy to, to join the list of names that have beaten Domino Cruz? It puts him on that short list, and he's done more than enough. It's not just this win; it's, it's his whole body of work. He's he's got some of the most finishes ever in the division. He's an exciting fighter. He's a company man. This man has has uh, jumped in front of uh, uh, bullets aimed at Dana White many many times. He loves Dana White. He loves the UFC. Uh, he is he is a company man through and through and through. Uh, so again, it it sounds weird. I wish I could say that like a, a big win, convincing win on Saturday, makes him the front runner. But as Jean said, Sean O'Malley, probably above all else right now. And then you have more, more veteran names ahead of him. But again, just getting on that list, just being an option uh, is huge because he'll fight anytime you call him up, you call uh, Cheeto Vera up for a short notice title fight, man, I think he wouldn't have it any other way. I think he'd be like, yeah, you need me to you need me to be the guy. 10 days notice, I'm ready. I'm on weight. Give me my shot. Um, it might not be what's best for him, uh, but he would definitely do it. And he would definitely be an option if he can get that win on Saturday
4: time to make some picks as of right now according to our friends at DraftKings, shaheen El marlon vera minus 240 favorite come back on oh, dominic wow. cruz plus plus 200 you don't see that very often so who gets it done and how does he get it done
2: let me ask if you still have those odds up is that the biggest underdog dom's been since what cejudo probably
4: i have to look this up uh you answer and I will come back with an answer. Probably Sehudo. You're probably right.
2: That's a that's a surprising line. I mean, Cheeto almost a three to one favorite. That I mean, I I ultimately will side with Cheeto. So maybe that's the right kind of line. It does feel like this is again the same sort of dynamic that we had to, last week, maybe to a lesser extent, because I, I think Don probably has more left in him than Tiago Santos, but this does feel like this is, is Marlon on the rise, Cheeto on the rise, and Dominic on sort of the decline. And, and we're seeing it just sort of meet at the perfect time for Cheeto and maybe the wrong time for Dom. I think 10 years ago or even five years ago, Dom wins this fight. But right now, if the fight we're having on Saturday, I, I believe it's going to be Cheeto. I think it's going to be relatively impressive where uh, I don't know that he'll finish him, but I think it'll be maybe like a 46, uh, I'm sorry, a 49 46, or at least a, a fairly. You can't, there is such a thing as a dominant 48 47 where he wins the rounds that he wins more dominantly. I could see something like that as well. But I do think Cheeto by decision is, is the way this is going to go. He was a plus 70, plus 175
4: dog against Uhuto. So he's actually a bigger underdog in this fight than he was in the Uhuto fight. Uh, AK, oh, do you agree? Do you agree? Cheeto Vera gets it done or can Dominic Cruz pull off the upset?
5: I'm, I, I really want to pick Cruz, but I'm, I'm with Cheeto on this one. Uh, damage, damage. Damage. Listen, Cheeto, more than any, or maybe more than anyone at bantamweight, just knows how to score those big hits when he needs a man. And we saw it in the Rob Font fight. You know, we said one of one of the best examples um, of how modern scoring should be interpreted. Uh, if you look at the stats, it's like, oh, Rob Font outscored him and out outstru- out out significant struck him in this round, and this round, and this round. But anyone who watched the fight said well Rob um Cheeto Vera he landed the bigger shots he landed the biggest shots of the fight Cheeto Vera the clear winner there's no dispute so you could see something like that here you could see like oh uh, Dominic Cruz had a five you know five or six significant strike advantage in round two and then and, and, and you know this could be like on the on-screen stats I can see them talking about the on-screen stats like these rounds are pretty close but you know Cheeto you know will get a maybe a knockdown in here or, or a flurry against like against fence that doesn't score a knockdown but clearly visibly has you know crews um kind of rocked or retreating so this is a fight i think people are gonna have to pay close attention to and again not just read a recap not just look at the stats after um i don't think it'll play out exactly like the rob font fight but it is um, cheeto's ability to kind of land at this stage in their careers to land the bigger punches, to do the damage, um, that I think is going to make the difference. And I don't think there's going to be much controversy about it either. I think I think we'll be like, wow, Cruz, you know, Cruz still in there, still a competitive fighter, but um, Cheeto's just a, ma- a man on the way up and a guy who I think deserves to be talked about among the five or six best, you know, 135ers in the world right now.
4: I definitely think that there's value on Cruz from a betting perspective at plus 200 Ooh. because to me, if he could just and this sounds just so simple like you break down you could break down literally any fight in this exact same way but i feel it means a lot here if dominic cruz can just not get knocked out he's got a chance to win <laughs> like it sounds so easy to sure. say but <laughs> yeah. i mean it's but but for this fight in particular like they i think things are going to be very even between these guys on the feet like i think they're going to have very similar volume i think they're going to land just as much as one another but vera like ak you, you've talked about before and there's, there was such a difference in the Rob Vaughn fight. He just needs that one shot to to change everything. Like, you could hit him 175 times in a round, but he just needs to punch you in the face once. And if he gets you good and he drops you, he still wins the round, even though you outstruck him by, like, 100. It doesn't really matter. That's just who Marlon Vera is. He's such a such a gangster. And I'm curious to see how quick of a start Cruz can get off to and for how long. Because we know as this fight extends out, that's when Vera starts to get real good. And he started off... Pretty hot in the Rob Fawn fight. Like he it was a slower start in the round, but as the round progressed, he lands the big shots, was able to finish the rounds in big ways to to just get ahead and sort of work his way to a win. So I will lean I will lean towards Vera to get a decision because in my eyes, for Cruz to win, he needs to be near perfect. Vera does not have to if that makes any sense. So Vera could just be Vera and just fight. He could turn this ugly. He could turn this into some sort of a mid-range kickboxing match. He could turn into a wrestling match if he wants to. He could do a number of different things. He can make this real ugly and still win. Dominic Cruz, I don't think, can do that and win. So I think Vera just has a little bit more of an advantage in that sense where he could take this in a number of different directions while Cruz really can't. But Cruz, there is definitely value there from a betting perspective. If I'm betting, I'd probably bet on Dominic Cruz, but give me Marlon Vera to – he got a close decision. I think he gets it done, a 48-47. I think it's one of those things where Cruz wins the first round, might even win the second, but then Vera takes over down the stretch, and by the time it's over, I think he has all the momentum, and then he wins the fight, and – and we'll see how the rest of this crazy division shapes out. So great main event, should be a lot of fun.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
4: Uh, David O'Nominate Nominate Landwehr is the co-main event, and then we get the Battle of the Yasmin's in the featured bout, which should be a lot of fun. Yasmin Yergui, and Yaz and Lucindo both making their debuts. Both are big finishers. Yara in particular, is a lot of fun. She doesn't like to, to fight for very long. She likes to end, to end things real quick, especially uh, in the first round. Devin Clark is back against Azamat, Mirza Kanoff, Ariane Lipsky, Priscilla Cachuera. That fight was supposed to happen last weekend. It's going to happen this weekend on the main card. Gerald Mearsher, our old friend, is back taking on Bruno Silva. That is the main card opener. We got some fun fights in the prelims. So, Sean, what is your... What is your Jeff Neal Vicente Luque fight on this card? Because we know the main event's great, but what's what's sort of that number two fight at, at least in your eyes on your personal card?
2: Yeah, this is a, uh, it's a it's a strange card this this week. I mean, it's not the best card if we're being honest, but it also it does feel like it's filled with fights that could be very action-packed. So it might just end up being a very entertaining card, for some, somewhat similar to last week, uh, regardless of whether people know the names that are fighting or not. So for me, I mean, you look up and down that card, there was one fight in particular that stands out to me. You sort of alluded to it at the end. That's Bruno Silva and Gerald Mearshart. To me, I've actually I, I've been high on Bruno Silva this whole time. I I I've not abandoned the train. I still have my my you know property on on Bruno Silva Island right now. The Alex Pereira loss did not scare <laughs> me away. He he pushed Alex Pereira to do a decision, and ultimately, it seems like that's a difficult thing for guys to do in the UFC. So I, I enjoyed that fight. He was on a real tear before that. He had you know knockouts in really his first three UFC fights. He was looking like one of the best you know breakout fighters of 2021. Running, stumbled against Alex Pereira, but I, I love this matchup. I think this is a really nice rebound for him. And also just Gerald Mearshart is always fun. Like Gerald Mearshart's never in a boring fight ever. Dude's like the submission king of, of that division low-key. No one really like ever realizes that how how good of a finisher he is. He is a true getter, get-got fighter. And I think regardless of how that goes down, that's going to be just a really fun fight with a really interesting finish no matter what. So I, I have my eyes squarely on that one.
4: That's a great pick right there. AK, what's yours?
5: Uh, I am so torn by the penultimate fight of the card, which I want to call it a co-main event. I mean, clearly it does no,
2: not—it does not. not
5: pass the the qualifications of a co-main event. Uh, neither guy <laughs> is like a former champion. Neither guy is near a top fifteen ranking. Uh, they're not. Neither of them is like a veteran. But in terms of like entertainment value, Nate Landwer versus David Onama is sick as hell. Nate Landwer—it's a cliche. I know we see this for a lot, a lot of fighters. Nate Landwehr is never in a boring fight. Often to his detriment, uh, two of his, two of his UFC fights have ended in highlight real knockouts uh, of him. But his other fights, Darren Elkins, uh, and by the, and again, both those fights, uh, both those knockouts, very memorable. Um, his win over Darren Elkins was awesome. Uh, that fight was just super bloody and super fun. And uh, the fight with Ludovic Klein, we got to see uh, the first submission of his career. We got to see uh, uh, Abu Dhabi Combat Club Nate Landwehr, which was super exciting. And then before that, M1 Challenge, he was just having wars pretty much every freaking time he was out there. So I, I I I know it's not really a quote unquote co-main event; it doesn't pass the test. But boy, that's a great fight to have like second last. I'm glad they put it second last. I'm glad it got put back together because it, it was um, targeted for another card and it kind of fell through. And they said, "Hey, wait a minute! Someone said this is a great matchup. We can't let, we cannot let this matchup die." So I don't know if Onama again continues his really impressive run at 145 and just like puts Nate Landwehr away in the first two minutes, very possible. Or if Nate Landwehr can drag him into a war, like a, a, a classic Nate Landwer, Nate Landwehr war. That was tough. Uh, <laughs> if that can happen, <laughs> it, honest, honestly, if, he, if Nate Landwehr can get out of the first round, we're talking like... I'm probably hyping this up too much, but I don't care. We're talking, like, fight of the year candidate. Like, I love, okay. I love this matchup stomach. <laughs> wow, Nate La- all right. Nate Landwehr, Nate, Landwehr go, does not, Nate Landwehr does not get enough credit. He's had a lot of fights fall through. If he had had, like, seven or, f- or eight fights in the UFC, we would be talking about him as – more people would be talking about him as one of the most exciting guys in the UFC, like, always delivers. He's just not in a boring fight. It, it, it doesn't happen. But, he's again, he's had a lot of fights fall through. He's only had four fights since uh, – since he debuted, like I think, three years ago, two or three years ago. So again, he hasn't been as, as active as we need him to be. But I hope this man can put together a, a, a run of fights, make a lot of money. Big Nate Landworth fan. Um, even if this means a 45 second knockout at the hands of, uh, of David Onama, um, I'm really looking forward to the uh, second last fight in the card. We don't we
4: don't take our nicknames for granted here. When we say Prince of Positivity, as you can hear, that's a great he fight. Is Prince
5: of Positivity. That's a great fight. A you don't fight. need to be that positive for that. That's a great fight.
4: There's a few that I'm looking at. I mean, Ode Osborne Tyson Nam is just going to be a freaking banger. Those two are going to beat the hell out of each other, and it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm very interested in Nina Nunez, Cynthia Calvillo, because both women need to win very, very badly. It's Calvillo got beat up real bad in her last fight, so we'll see how she's able to bounce back. But there's no way Angela Hill, Loopy Godinez is not going to be just a ton of fun. So that's the one I'm going to go with. That's going to be my answer leading into the main card, but... It's probably going to go to a split decision, and it's one that Lupi Godinez is probably going to win, even though a lot of people think Angela Hill might have won and Angela's going to be on the wrong end of a split decision because that's just the story of her career over these last couple of years. So, But that fight should be fun regardless of who you bet on or who you're rooting for, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and what I really like about this card is that the prelims start at 4 p.m. Eastern, and the main card's at 7 p.m. Eastern. So I'll take that for a fight night. Every single time. But with that being said, let's go to the peeps. Take a few questions before we head on out of here. Hello, Casey. Hi, hey guys. How's
3: everyone? That
2: shirt, Casey. Excellent shirt. Fight you know the power, a, baby. The, do you know that
3: they were a polka band? Yeah, great polka that. band. Polka. yeah. Great yeah. yeah. polka band.
2: By the time I get to Arizona, <laughs> <I don't... laughs> one of the greatest beats of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, greetings from Spain. Bit. Oh, hey. oh no hola hey
4: hola oh. hola is that, that we off oh to
3: a man, tr- wait oh no everything oh,
5: there uh. we
2: go <laughs> uh, i think it's still messy ah
3: oh, geez
5: yeah. oh, get all this right. get this shaheen off of me okay get the oh, frame up. Oh, there we go oh oh me. there we go hey, hey. All, right. all right there's
3: a lock button on here for a reason all right here we go <laughs>
4: Lock it in. Lock that in.
3: All right. What questions we got here? Uh,
4: Bozo uh, will Dominic get the home cooking from the
2: judges? Shaheen, are you concerned about that at all? No, and I'm actually really interested to see the crowd reaction for this because obviously it's in San Diego. That's sort of Dominic Cruz's hometown base. But like people love Cheeto Vera, man. Cheeto like, I, I, might be the fan favorite here. Like, dude, people just <laughs> love that dude so much. And I get it. He's, he's very entertaining, very compelling. But like, Chito I'm Cheeto just trains down the street. It's not,
3: it's not a hometown fight. I mean, San Diego is only a two hour drive. You know, it's like
2: well, Dom's like rep San Diego forever. I, you know, yeah, he's like sort of that guy. But I,
3: I, 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 everyone come from Orange County, where Cheeto trains out of. That's only it's not that far. It, I mean, I, I, I really, I think honestly, I think Cheeto is going to get a bigger pop.
2: I think you might be right. Ooh, I think you yeah. totally might be right.
3: And it's not it's not like an anti-Dom crowd. I think I think it's just Cheeto's red hot right now as far as everything. Like you saw, you you've seen the numbers, the analytics everything Cheeto says like it's he's popping like he's a he's like a pay-per-view star you know on yeah, a,
2: even his media day video yeah for that's what us, i mean it's yeah like it's blew crazy. up like yeah. people love Cheeto right now man. so um, for good reason
3: yeah i just i, saw, I thought it was interesting we talked about it, because when we talk about the fact that it's in san diego does that benefit dominic at all um no
4: yeah i don't think so no uh, me neither yeah
5: Casey, I don't know if you can pull this up. Eric Wolf is asking uh, will they answer questions from here uh no 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 <laughs> no no good night next everybody. one next uh, one <laughs> next next one no. Big, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no 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 next, no, next no. one no
2: <laughs> <laughs> JK. JK Eric will we love you
4: <laughs> yes yes ask ask a question Eric. I think we had covered this
2: but title shot on the line
4: in the main event. Any chance?
2: I think there's totally a chance. there's totally a chance. Yeah, if Cheeto Vera goes out there and knocks out Dominic Cruz in twenty five seconds, like Cheeto Vera is gonna get that title shot. That's it. Any chance mm-hmm. for Dom?
3: Dom's, I'll be three no. fight one streak. He's a big underdog, so. and say he demolishes. Just I think I think 50, regardless 50 40 sixes
2: be, there. I think he, he would be then one fight away and probably fight the winner of like a Aldo Marab or like something like that. What, what if TJ? What if what, TJ
5: beats Aldo? Then there's that kind of that rematch intrigue, I guess.
3: I, I think I think there's a good chance. Not a good chance, but if it's a dominant win by Vera. I'm sorry, dominant win by Cruz. I'm not expecting a dominant win, but if we get one, I don't know. I think I think I think a lot of tones would change. I don't know. You
5: I say no. no. Huh? My an- yes or no, my answer. Like if I had to pick yes or no, my answer to this question, I no. So no for Cruz, yes for Vera though. No for either. I don't think either no guy. Either.
2: I think there's I think a it, small it chance for, for Vera. Small chance for her. Yeah. If if, okay. the, if the way all the, the rest of the division sort of plays out right for him.
3: So, say Jan beats O'Malley handily.
2: And then, like, oh, Jose and Marab is like a pretty boring fight. I could see Vera sort of being that guy. Listen, right. a lot, a lot, listen, of, a lot if, of options.
4: If, if Jose Aldo wins next week and his next fight is not for the title, I'm going to damage. Com- com- 10.0 here because that's just unfair that guy deserves it he deserves the freaking title fight now Not, and if he beats the guy nobody the guy nobody wants to fight if he goes out there and beats marab and doesn't get a title fight off of that i will be flabbergasted Mike, no, are, are
2: you going to start playing? I will fly out there and help you damage Command Center 2.0. No, As you know, nope. no one don't is afraid to boards. change
4: Command Centers more than I am. I've changed Command Centers like 17 times since I've joined MMA fighting. Right. I ain't afraid to change it up again. So, Jose Aldo, if you win Command Center, I, hopefully it stays in place. Hopefully, all is right in the world and you get the title shot, no matter what happens in any of these other fights. But he should have gotten it already. Same. We don't need to 100%. do it. have already gotten it. The 100% DJ fight is silly,
2: but whatever.
4: Yeah, yeah over the Yeah. I, yeah, I would say very small percentage for either guy, but Vera probably has more of a chance of cruise. Okay. Interesting. I just love this bantamweight division. He can go
3: so it's many so ways. I love it's it. so good right it's now.
4: It's fun. Um <clears throat> Do you guys see Dom as a champ once again? hell of a story, Sean. I just don't know if it. It's a long it's, it's road. It's so man. hard
2: right now with this division. We're just talking about how good this division is. Like this is not heavyweight where you can sort of be on the decline and, and you know or light heavyweight where you can be clever to Teixeira and have like a magical or even like middleweight with Michael Bisping. Like the lighter weight classes, this stuff does not happen. Like I think Dominic Cruz would by far be the oldest champion of a lighter weight class if he was able to do something like that. Like Aldo's it's just Aldo. A, I'm sorry, it's a Aldo. young man's game. I think Aldo's what like 34, 36. Aldo's
3: actually a little younger. He just he yeah. just feels like he's older because we've seen him fight so many times. I think. Yeah.
2: Like this just does not happen in the lighter mm-hmm. weight classes. This type of stuff.
1: Nope.
2: All right. We'll see. Uh, what a story. Would be incredible. I mean, it might it w- he- might have surpass Bisping as, like, the most unlikely title run, right? Well,
3: with all the injuries, if you count just yeah. the, yeah, and not not necessarily in-cage losses, but it's more of his injuries. Just all of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I, I, it's for another conversation, man, but I, at some point, I, I just hope we see Cruz versus Auto. I kind of want to see that. Yes. Yes, it, please. It, it, the, the stars haven't lined up right, it's, but I just hope we see it before these guys are on the – too far in the back end of their career but
5: fi- fi- that finally shuts the door in the WEC, right you know cowboy just retired and then and then you have to have that fight you really put that that final you know
2: we're how never w- shutting the door on the WEC. Yeah, ever. Yeah. <laughs> at
3: <laughs> some point you have to guys yeah. at some point how many wc you? guys are still left in the ufc it's
2: got to be single digits right dumb like, I, don't, I can't be more than nine poirier we, we can't team. do this on air. No, no, like, yeah, just, yeah, just so we yeah,
5: count we'll uh, Clay, Clay Guida. Clay Guida, does he count? Uh, maybe. Yeah.
3: All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, questions. Um, no, guys, we're sticking to this card. Fan Q and A tomorrow. We can talk about John Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
4: we're, we're just getting Jones questions. this card.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're we're just getting like random questions. Like, what's up with Colby? And like, oh, no. Thank you, and a listen to Heck um, of the morning, yeah. and you'll find yeah.
4: out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many, so many Colby questions today. Uh, yeah. So many John
2: Jones questions. Well, people are saying this welterweight for... division where nobody's doing anything and everybody's squatting on their rankings. It's so silly. It's absolutely uh, this, insane. This is more of a comment. Don't necessarily agree
3: with it, but you know, it's Mr. Boza.
4: Of course, ticket sales are lousy on paper. Mm-hmm. ESPN, UFC, and ESPN forty-one stinks. I mean, come on, it's David Onama versus Nate Landwehr, quality worthy main event oh, main or event? I, oh, I, main I think event, you're saying co-main yeah. event and just by the way this was supposed to be in boston this is supposed to be a boston card oh no. true story um and I will say just because the boston fight fans don't mess around there would be no lousy ticket sales just throwing that out there because we don't mess around but yeah how bad are they like how bad are ticket well, sales for this one well, I'm surprised it
3: has nothing you have the card there's a reason the ufc doesn't go to san diego very often. There's a reason they don't send pay per views there. It's just San is just not a hotbed as far as buying tickets. They have a lot of regional cards there. I mean you'll see a lot of good Emmy cards, pro am cards down there. But um yeah, traditionally just uh, UFC like like San Diego and like say Miami. Like like UFC doesn't go to Miami. Why not? Just it's not it's not the, the fan base is there, but they just I don't know. People just don't there, want to. There's other stuff inside. to
2: do, Miami. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's other stuff to do in San Diego. I guess. um Yeah. So that's you just that's why you just don't see big events down there. Not sure why. Yeah. It just they don't just don't buy tickets. Yeah. There's
4: uh there's a lot of blue on that map. An awful lot of blue on that map. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. Oh, unlike the t- the seat chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is uh this is Jake Paul Rockman Junior. esque on the uh, oh. on the old oh, card oh, oh wow! Too wow! a big Jake Paul. Too, Too soon. soon. Oh man. R.I.P. Uh nobody remembers how poorly Vera fought against Aldo. Where is this coming from? Why is everyone saying he's a Terminator?
2: Look, man, if we're gonna poorly, rate everybody on how no. they fight against Jose also, Aldo, this is just yeah, not I a mean, thing anymore. I, 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 I put this out there just to make you guys go crazy. No, hold on. No, yeah, no, I saw this. I saw this. Yeah, the way people judge fighters. let let me
5: let me please breathe, breathe, breathe. Let me sorry. Take this. Take a moment to gather your thoughts. I, I saw this question earlier, so I was prepared. I saw this I was uh, First of all, I don't recall him fighting necessarily poorly. I remember Aldo fighting really well. Like that's how I view that fight. Like that is, I don't know if you want to say Vera wasn't at his best, but I think that takes away from how good Aldo fought in that fight to just say, "Oh, Vera fought poorly." Like that's why Aldo won. No, Aldo was friggin' amazing. Maybe it's a good stylistic matchup too. That that for sure, I'll concede. You know, a very good stylistic matchup for um, Josie Aldo. That's fine, but um, I, I don't think there was anything necessarily bad about what uh how cheeto fought that night Uh, aldo is still again one of the best 135ers in the world one of the best strikers we've ever ever seen pound for pound in any weight class so uh losing to him there's no shame in that and it doesn't say anything about like oh because he lost to jose aldo that means he can't beat he can't beat uh, a Dominic cruz it's apples and oranges it's it's it's, uh, a cheeto at different stages of his career so um, we're not saying he's a Terminator. If, if anything, most of, we've said he's probably not going to run through Dominic Cruz. Um, but we just like his chances at this state of uh, where he's at in his career. Where Dominic Cruz is at his career to to win a decision. So maybe, maybe there's some other people out in the comments saying like he's going to like knock Cruz out in 30 seconds. That I think is maybe a bit much. But um, but yeah, the, the Aldo fight for me does not relate to this one at all.
2: Jose Aldo is a top five fighter of all time, and the disrespect is outrageous. <laughs> Also, I, I, we're no—we don't need to do a Jose Aldo episode because that's basically. What this turned into. <laughs> but like, I feel like people sleep on how absurdly impressive it is that Jose Aldo's doing this at 135. Like, whatever this is that he's doing at 135 makes no actual sense if you followed this guy for most of his career when he could barely make 145, and now all of a sudden he's like a legitimate world title to contender at 135. Like that goes way over underlooked.
3: Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it, did he just stop eating acai? I mean, I, does, did he really break it down? Like, what, what, what was it? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's I don't a make, tremendous
2: I, sacrifice if that's what he did. Yeah,
3: it's it, yeah. it really, yeah, it is. It is. Oh. I was, it's, it's I was so agreed. bummed out when I found out it's not that nutritious. I was like, I was like, no, it's hey, like kind healthy? of healthy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is healthy. He's like, no, I'm like, oh, God. oh man. Say so it's berries. It has to be healthy.
4: <laughs> Should we take uh, one? We'll take one more. One more. One more. Here we go. Oh, Oh, there's three undefeated fighters on the card I love that will any of them lose their
5: zero Uh, Yasmin, Haragi Azamat, Merzakanov and Josh Quinlan Quinlan. and Josh Quinlan will any of them lose their interesting
3: who's the second zero uh,
5: Merzakanov and and Haragi Haragi well, any of them lose, I'll say. Or no? I don't I'll think so Josh, actually. I-
4: I'll say Josh Quinlan will, just because. And the other reason I'm saying this is, this I, this is his first UFC fight, right? Yep. This will be his debut. I believe so. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Dude's been through a lot heading into this debut, right? Like everything that happened last week into this week, and you know, was he going to fight on this card? Was he not going to fight on this card? Was Andy Foster and the California Commission going to get enough? Positivity from the Nevada Commission for them to go forward with this fight. I just think that's a lot for a 5 0 fighter to deal with heading into your UFC freaking debut. Uh, so, give me Jason Witt, who's got a lot more experience in these types of crazy things to uh, to sneak one out. But I think the other two zeros will remain that way. Yeah, I,
2: pre- I think all three are going to end up keeping it. I think also, so. We, we too. have a. What? We have a comment here that oh, what gentleman says that a gin and tonic has more sugar than a rum and coke. Is that true?
5: Rum that can't, can't possibly really? be true.
2: Like a coke had I, a Coca Cola can't possibly have less sugar than a gin. I don't know. I'm blown away. I'm sorry. That was random. <laughs> wow. That's the see ponder
5: that. Real question. I, I ponder have a that.
2: I have
5: a I have a quick question. I have a quick question. Uh... We didn't one fight we didn't talk about. I get it. It's the prelim opener. You, you, Yusuf <laughs> Zalal, Youssef Zalal dropping down to 135. He he started uh, he started off his career three and zero in the UFC, and he was like 23 years old or something. I think we he debuted. He was like one of the hottest like featherweight prospects for a minute, and he's had some rough luck. Now he's three and three. So three and zero then lost three. Now he's dropping down a division. Uh I don't know if you guys have any opinion on it but like I, I if you guys think this guy could be a be a player I mean he's dropping down to a, a, from one tough division to another but do you guys still have, he's he doesn't turn he turns 26 in, uh, next month or soon but very young guy do you guys still see like Youssef Zalal as someone who can like you know have some sort of impact here I always enjoyed
3: watching him and I just know, I know almost nothing about his his opponent other than he's got a pretty cool name but uh <laughs> um, <laughs> So I can't really tell you. I mean, if, if his health, if his weight cut went well, I mean, um, talk to me
5: Saturday evening. Yeah. Sleeper, sleeper. He's been I'm out for fourteen months, so yeah, I'm excited. He must to see him be back doing though. it right. Yeah, I mean, yep. Yusuf's a yep.
4: guy. I, I've talked to Yusuf a million times. It's been a while since I've actually talked to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things, I mean, this is a guy who fought Ilya Teporia. is like a like he he was supposed to fight on Fight Island and then like Ilya Taporia made his UFC debut on like four days notice. And everyone who like is a fan of MMA outside of the UFC, like knew how good Ilya Taporia was. And Yusuf Zalal's like, yeah, I'll fight him. I'll fight this dude, like no big deal. I don't care how many days notice it is. And Ilya beats him and like, Ilya didn't finish him. Like Ilya went up to 155 and knocked Jai Herbert out unconscious at 155. And he couldn't finish Yusuf Zalal. Yusuf's Yusuf's, uh, a, a fun fighter i didn't i'm stunned he's going to 135 i think it's a really good move for him but i didn't think it, you know from past conversations i've had with him it didn't seem like it was even a possibility that he could get down because he's talked about it and then he went on a 3-0 run to start his career and he's like nah man i ain't going down to 145 why the hell would i do that and now he used he's going to fight at lightweight, to
0: right?
4: used to be a lightweight right mostly a featherweight like he's probably had fights at lightweight just because he's, a, he's an absolute gamer like that uh but he's mostly a 45-er um he's five 10 he is a to big, five big ten yeah away. he's, he's tall. five ten is yeah. a big bands away man yeah that's this tough. is that's why i'm kind of stunned that he's that he's going to 135 because i just didn't think that frame would would allow him to do it but i mean maybe that's what he's been spending the last 14 months doing is going to the to the pi and getting down to 135 so if he feels good and Devon Blackshear is a tough guy. Guy's probably been waiting for a call for a little while. CFFC champ. Should be a good fight. I, good good call, AK. Yeah. Good call.
5: Yeah, I, 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 show these boys I, some love.
3: Show these boys some love. I'm interested, too, because, yeah, those three losses at featherweight. I mean, okay, his three wins are against three, I think, fighters who are not in the UFC any longer. Uh, is Peter Barrett in the UFC any longer? I, I doubt it. No. No. No, okay, yeah. Probably. So his three wins are uh, against guys who are, you know— Kind of came and went in UFC. He didn't get demolished in his three losses, so I, I, I he just, no, just lost to. I don't remember the Woodson fight really at all. I know the Woodson's probably the tallest featherweight, maybe. Yeah. Um. So I don't. But I don't. I can't. My I can't really remember anything from that fight. But um. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. I don't don't remember him looking horrible, or just getting demolished. He just. Yeah. Sorry
2: no just his dimensions like this division like he has a 75 inch reach like if you yeah. look at Sean O'Malley like Sean I think Sean has like 72 inch reach like dude's going to be incredibly yeah. long for this division if he's able to do it in a healthy way and not uh be a little too water deprived for his brain you know
3: yeah i was i wonder if it was his choice or the UFC kind of requested that he do it because you know three losses you know he he could have got cut but the UFC is giving an, is it giving him another chance to kind of prove himself so um but he's, but he's entered an even tougher division. It's not like when you're That's a 45er, thing, yeah. what are you going to do? Go to 55. Oh, that division sucks. Go to 35. Oh, that division really sucks. And I'm really hungry.
4: So, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Good for him. We'll see what happens. You hit the music. And we'll be back again tomorrow, friends. 3.30 Eastern for the People's Pre-Fight Show as we get you ready for UFC San Diego. Should be a lot of that- fun.
2: So. That early tar- start time is just music to my ears, baby.
4: I like that. It's oh so God. nice. It's
2: so nice. Oh, I forgot it's our a poll. T-
4: I had a poll. A poll.
5: Oh. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, oh, oh my, oh, oh, my God. Sorry. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. You only have one yeah. job, AK. Yeah. You got one I job. I forgot. I had a poll running this whole time. Uh, 54% say uh, Cheeto Bearer will win the EOC San Diego main event. So oh, almost a coin toss. Really? Oh, close. Only 54%. 54%. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Faith and Dominic Cruz. That's good.
4: All right. Well, we'll see how it all plays out tomorrow. Until then, for AK, Casey, Shaheen Al-Shadi, I am Mike Hack. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Mm -hmm. We love you guys.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook